Hey, everybody. I'm John Dwoskin, an executive advisor and business coach. I work with successful business people who are stuck and want to take their company to the next level. Today, though, get ready to grow your business big, very big. In just a few seconds, you'll meet a dynamic business owner, executive, or salesperson willing to share the best practices that fuel their growth and success. Each interview is no more than 15-ish minutes long, so you can quickly learn effective tools to put into your business today. Please listen with new ears, and let's get to learning, let's get to growing, and let's get to thinking big. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome Ryan Landau, founder of Repurpose, which is a relatively new company, but dynamic company, uh, taking the recruiting platform by storm. Uh, He's an incredible serial entrepreneur, uh, great person, uh, working in the city of Detroit, which we're going to talk a little bit about that and the excitement of that, as well as doing one of the greatest things that I think anybody can do, which is help people get jobs. Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you? (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, John. I, I appreciate you you having us. Yeah, fill in the gaps and tell everybody about Repurpose and how it was born and uh, and, and 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 all about it. Tell us more. Yeah, good good question. So, uh, Repurpose is a like you said, a fairly new company. We started about uh, six to seven months ago, and we are a recruiting platform that works with startup and tech companies, and also works with kind of uh, the, the best kind of you know tech professionals. And so, uh, our platform is a recruiting platform that has, helps match those people. And so, we match people on easy things, and I call those easy things like compensation, location, skill set. Um, but we're also helping people uh, match based on culture fit. And so everyone talks about culture, but there's not a recruiting platform that's out there. Um, and so we're really focused on, on, you know, making sure that we're matching people's, you know, kind of interests and values and, and making sure that aligns. Yeah, I mean, that is incredibly soulful. And um, as you know, I'm a executive advisor, I'm a business coach, and culture is so key within companies. And it's something that lacks within companies. So when you're trying to match cultures, um, how do you do that? That sometimes has got to be pretty challenging. And, um, you know, you got to be really intuitive and insightful in a lot of different ways that I think most recruiters aren't historically. So how do you do that? I mean, I love the whole mission of it. I think it's amazing. And, uh, you know, expand on that. Tell me some more. For for sure. So I I think for us, Exactly like you said, matching people based on culture is a challenging um, but important thing. And for for us, you know, r- right now, I think when people are, are looking for jobs, they're looking for more than just, you know, who's paying, you know, the, the highest, you know, kind of salary. That That's, you know, it, times have shifted a little bit. People want to, you know, be a part of the company where they believe in the team, they believe in the mission. And so that's what we're helping make matches on. And the way that, that we do that is, um, you know, we build profiles around, you know, companies and individuals a little bit differently. So uh, when a company is looking at an individual, we're not just showing that individual's specific resume. Uh, because, right, a, a resume, when you think about it, um, I, I remember when I was putting together my resume not that long ago, right. um, I had a, an advisor look at it. I had my parents look at it. And by the time I was done with my resume, it didn't really represent the full picture of me. And so um, we're asking an individual, yes, upload your resume, 
but we're also asking about, hey, what are your interests? What are your values? Right. Um, what are you thinking about inside of work? What are you thinking about outside of work? So the employer, when they're looking at that person, um, can really get a full round picture of what that person like. Um, yes, at work, but also out of work. And uh, we're also building similar profiles around companies too, um, about the individuals that work at that company. That's um, I love everything you're saying. I recently read an article that talked about now, for the first time, within businesses, within companies, you have five generations of of um, age uh, generations within companies. So it's very difficult because a lot of the generations don't understand each other. And I would I would think, tell me if I'm wrong, but the way that you're looking at things is how uh, the older generations, I think, think millennials look at things, which I think is starting to shift into all the other generations as well, because people more people want work-life balance. So, you know, um, can you just kind of talk on that a little bit as far as how you're, I would assume, uh, changing, you know, the way people are thinking about just their own business when you go in and talk about recruiting? For, for sure. And, and, and exactly like you just talked about from, from an age perspective, I, I think that's one of the facets um, when we talk about like building like a diverse team. And so, um, yes, there's, there's race. Yes, there's age. Um, th- there's people that are coming from different backgrounds. And I think, uh, you know, employers a- and also individuals are looking to join companies um, or looking to build a team that have a more kind of diverse background. And so that's um, the way that people think. Um, that's the way where, where people came from. Um, and, and that's like really important. And so we're trying to shed a light kind of on those individuals or those companies. Um, and then specifically like work, work life balance, I, I think it's, you know, super important. And so uh, employers and individuals are understanding when you think about kind of like your, your wheel of life, uh, that, that work is just a sliver of it. It's not, work is, is not the whole entire kind of, you know, pie. And so employers need to be thinking about about, um, you know, that person in a more holistic view right. opposed to just thinking, all right, I'm going to hire them and work's just going to dominate their life. And so, um, you know, employees and, uh, you know, specifically the best talent out there is looking for more than just like, who's going to pay me the highest. Right. Right. People are looking. I, I love how you talked about wheel of life because the wheel of life from 1950s, 1970s, uh, all the way up till today is completely different. It's no longer work until 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. and then rinse, repeat, and have no life. So um, I think that's that's uh, uh, that's incredible. Talk about a little bit where this idea came from and and how the seed was planted. I I run in. I would run into you at a coffee shop, and I'd like you to talk a little bit about your 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 last entrepreneurial gig. And you were working for a company, and I kept on saying to you, Ryan, when are you, when are you starting your own company? When are you starting your next company? <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, I'm pretty happy, and you know, da 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 And then you, know, you just came out you know, with just gusto with Repurpose, uh, just your brand, and everything is, is incredibly dynamic. But you know, can you just talk about kind of where the idea came from and where you saw the gap? Because I think a lot of people listening to this show – are maybe stuck in a job or within their company, they're missing something that's obvious that's missing um, in as far as in their industry. And you basically, what I'm hearing you say is you filled a gap that you felt wasn't there. So how did you recognize it and how did you, you know, plant the seed and sprout it? For for sure. And so, and I definitely remember running into it at all those coffee shops. That that was great. Um, for, for, for me, I, and, and I think everyone – 
when you think about, you know, starting a new company or, or an entrepreneur kind of building something, you know, p- people love kind of, oh, you know, that like light bulb moment. Oh, like I had a vision uh, or I you know had the thought and then I just like went af- after it. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me, it was actually completely like the, the opposite of that story. Um, this was something I thought about uh, a few years ago. Uh, and right when I you know graduated college, went and did kind of the, the typical kind of consulting thing in, in D.C. and then moved back to Detroit. Uh, built and sold the company. And then I also, um, you know, worked at a different tech company and and here and in Denver. Um, And throughout kind of like all of those experiences, you know, I was just looking around kind of, you know, where when I'm going from kind of job to job, where can I go, right? There's these, you know, monsters, there's these indeeds of the world that are like, you know, huge job boards. And then there's also these headhunters that are, you know, specifically thinking about how do I work with, you know, more of like VP director level people? Um, Because that's the way that they get compensated is between, you know, 15 to 30% of their first year salary. And these job boards are just like, I don't want to call them open messes, but like, you know, you put a job posting out there, you put a resume, you're just going to get a bunch of stuff. Um, nothing that's like curated around you. And so that's where this thought came in. Um, and this thought and, and this idea of repurpose came uh, probably to fruition, maybe even I think like a few years ago. But what I said to myself is, all right, I'm going to think about this for a few years. I'm going to build this out um, for, for about a year. And at the end of that time frame, if this is an idea I'm still passionate about, that's a really good sign. And I'm going to go after it. Mm-hmm. And after a year, if it's you know if not something I'm interested in and it's more of a fling, you know that's probably a really good sign also. But I'm just not going to go after it anymore. Right. And so I, I gave myself some time to think about it and some runway, but before kind of building and launching the company. You know, you uh, that's a great story, and it's nice that you basically took some time to um, weigh out the ideas, weigh out your own passion, weigh out your own fulfillment that you would find in it. And I think most people would look at the landscape of recruiting at the Indeeds and the Monsters and the, all of the recruiting platforms that are out there and say, man, I, you know, I can't compete with these people, so I'm not even going to sprout the idea, even though I have an idea. So how did you – can you kind of talk about the nuance of how you really just kind of made that jump and took the risk? Yeah. Because I think risk is something that people are so scared of. It, it it freezes them. And, you know, to me, I love getting people unstuck and I love trying to get people out of a fear zone so they can really take a risk. I mean, you took a great risk and it's paying off. So how did you do it? For for sure. So, you know, the, the answer uh, regarding recruiting in the industry, it is a busy space. I'd, I'd be the first one to, to tell you that. Uh, and these monsters and indeeds are, are probably, you know, massive companies. And actually, I know they're massive companies. Some of them are publicly traded companies. Uh, but for us, when we started, the, the vision was not, hey, let's just try to like be the biggest in the world. Um, our vision was like, how can we be the best? And so our pitch to companies or individuals is we're not going to send you 50 opportunities. We're going to send you five opportunities that are highly curated around you. Um, and so, so that was our thought initially when we were, you know, entering kind of a big space. Uh, the second part about like risk is, you know, I, I think also there, there's maybe a notion that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are like super, you know, like a risky. Um, I, I actually find myself to try to be pretty like risk averse. And so um, even at the last company that I, I was starting at, I had an open conversation, you know, kind of with my, my employer saying, hey, this is something I'm thinking about. I want to start testing it out. I want you know, you guys to be also a, a customer. Um, and I tested it out for about six months, kind of the concept. 
to see if, hey, if I jumped out of my job, would I have some traction immediately? And so um, I, I did not and maybe I was, you know, risk averse in this fashion is to not just like take the plunge and just leave. Um, as I started lining up customers and started building up technology before I e- even left. And so, um, before, before I left and, uh, you know, while I was working with someone, you know, I had a paycheck, so I was able to, right. to do those things. And so then kind of took the leap and had a few things, um, kind of in, in my back pocket to, to pull out, uh, right when we started. So that's what we were thinking about at least. Well, kudos to you for beta testing it uh, before taking the jump. And I think that's a great example of people who are a little bit more risk adverse to maybe put in the extra 20, 30 hours a week to build something while you're currently getting a paycheck, being open and transparent with your employer. Uh, I think that, I mean, that seems like a, a Disney movie. It sounds like it worked out so perfectly. And one of the things I just want to point out is that you talk about how you basically started with a vision. And I think how that is so important. And I think a lot of companies and startup companies and just companies in general lack having a clear, concise vision. So when you know what your vision is, then everything can anchor to that vision to make sure it's in line with your growth and what you want to do. Um, So kudos to you. That was a great story. Can you talk a little bit about just Detroit and being part of Detroit um, and, you know, your, your last company and just anything you want to kind of talk about your serial entrepreneurship that you are part of and just the, <laughs> the, the life of being, uh, in Detroit. Yeah. So I, I, from my perspective, I think, you know, Detroit right now is, is a great place to be. And, you know, th- thinking about, you know, when I graduated college, which was not that long ago, um, you know, the, the thought was, you know, how do I move to a, a coastal city to New York? Uh, I ended up moving to D.C., to, to San Francisco, um, because there was no opportunities in Detroit. There, there was nothing happening here. Uh, little, you know, kind of five, six, seven years later, um, there's a tremendous ha- happening. And so I'm, I'm standing in my apartment in Detroit. Um, my, you know, office building that, that I go to is, is a few blocks away. And, and there's, a, there's a lot happening. And I think it's cool um, to, to be a part of a company here or to start a company here because I think, you know, everyone is doing, you know, something different. We're building a tech company. There's coffee shops, there's clothing companies that are starting. We're, we're all doing different things. But I think a lot of the kind of the energy down here is we all feel like we're kind of a part of something bigger, um, which is kind of, you know, kind of rebuilding um, and a part of the kind of the, the resurgence of this kind of, you know, great American city. And so for us, it's like, um, you know, when I say us, the companies and the people that are down here, it's like, when do you have the opportunity in your life to kind of like reinvent uh, like a really iconic kind of uh, American brand. And I, I don't know if there's any other city that this is going on right now. And so it's been, uh, it's been great to, to be here and build something. Here. I love it. Yeah. I, I am a Detroiter. I am in, De- uh, in the suburbs of Detroit, but uh, in Detroit a bunch and uh, it is the greatest. And for those of you listening, um, I would make it when you get to Detroit, make sure you hit Detroit ice, which is uh, Mitch Albums. Uh, it's not really an ice cream store, more of an ice store, but it's incredible. Do you, do you go there often when you're downtown? So I live like two blocks away from it, and, yeah. it, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it's Mitch Album's store. And my thought, because you know he has a lot going on, he's he always never there. be there. Right? He's always there. he's always there. And they just opened up a pop up shop in Franklin, and uh, he's always there too. He's a uh, oh, yeah, he's, he's great. He's everywhere. Anyway, back to you because we got a couple a couple minutes left. Uh, if you can talk for sixty seconds about your old company and tell people a little bit about that, I think it's inspiring. And then I have a couple closeout questions for you, so we can start to wrap this up. 
Yes. So about six years ago, I started a company called Chalkfly. It was an e-commerce company that sold, sold office and school supplies. And, you know, we worked with, um, you know, companies all, all across the, the country. Um, we raised a couple million dollars in venture funding and ended up selling it uh, about, I want to say, about two and a half years ago. And so um, a great experience. Love doing it. And again, that, that company was built here in the city of Detroit. We raised money, you know, from folks here in the city of Detroit. And uh, it was uh, it was great. That's awesome. For those of you who don't think uh, Detroit is incredible and amazing, hopefully your opinion is completely changed now. Uh, Detroit is an amazing city, and you and uh, many people like you are really uh, doing amazing things to change the landscape of Detroit. Uh, and, a, and a huge thank you to Dan Gilbert for really spearheading that, which is incredible. Uh, in the last uh, minute that we have together, Ryan, and I really appreciate your time and you've shared some amazing stories that I know will infuse inspiration and um, uh, ideas into people listening. Uh, share you know, your biggest, you know, your favorite book, your favorite podcast, your favorite article, your favorite piece of advice um, as we, uh, we kind of start to wrap this up. Ooh, so I'll go with a favorite book. Okay. Uh, a favorite book that I've, that I've read actually probably a couple times because I, I keep on going back to it is a book called Rework. It's by the, the, the gentleman that started a company called, a uh, software company called Basecamp. And so if you look on Amazon, it's called Rework, R-E-W-O-R-K. It's awesome. It talks about business and it basically takes the complexity of business and makes it super simple all the uh, chapters are probably one or two pages, and it just really kind of brings everything down to earth and takes something that's um, business, which I think is complicated, and puts it in like a really simple fashion. And so it's a it's a book that uh, I, I've read and, and keep on going back to. So I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. Is that how you got your name, Repurpose, from Rework? <laughs> it's, it's, Subliminal. it's a good question. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's a good question. It wasn't, but I, I'd be the first one to tell you I, I love those guys, and, and they have a few other books, and uh, they're, they're awesome. All right, good. Well, I just ordered it as we're talking. I, I pulled it up on Amazon, so I appreciate the um, that book. Any parting words uh, as we say goodbye? Yeah, no, I, a couple of things. Well, John, I, I appreciate you, you having me, and you know, I, I think even in the last ten minutes, you know. We talked about a, a lot of good things about you know building and selling a company. Talked about you know what I'm doing now, um, but I would be the first one to say um, you know for people that are listening, you know those are all the good things, but people don't talk about like the bad things and trying things. And uh, what I would say is you know from an individual perspective, I try to get out there and swing as, as much as I can um, and swing for the fences. And I would say, probably say out of ten swings that I take. Um, you know, probably only two of them hit. So whether you're trying to start a company, whether you're trying to do something else, be entrepreneurial within your own company, uh, there's definitely not a right path, but keep on swinging and uh, know there's for sure going to be way more of the hits that you're going to take that are going to be strikeouts, but those, it's those few hits that's really counting. So uh, I would just say ne- never stop swinging and, and trying. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I appreciate that advice as I know everybody uh, will who's listening and uh, Ryan, keep on doing what you're doing. It's it's great to watch, and uh, wish you nothing but great success. I appreciate it, and thanks again for having us. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Think Big Movement podcast. For show notes and links to anything we talked about, please visit johnswaskin.com. For additional best business practices, you may enjoy my latest book, The Think Big Movement. Grow your business big, very big. Lastly, if you want to talk to me about advising and coaching your business, please email me, john at johndwaskin.com. 
text or call me at 248-535-7796. Have an amazing day, an amazing week, and as always, think big. I got some bitches on.